1: Hey, listeners, it's Phil Mackey. We're talking Minnesota sports five days a week on Mackey and Jeb with Rami. Available on Apple, Spotify, the Score North app, or anywhere else you find podcasts. If you're tight on time today and you can only listen to one segment from today's show, here it is. But a man who gets progressively more peppy by Friday is our friend from NFL Network, Tom Pellicero, who usually joins us on Monday for Tom Pellicero's NFL Insights. But we're, we're kind of glad we waited until today because... Uh, there's all these reports. Ian Rappaport, your close colleague. Just sort of speculation and, and I would say like hybrid reporting about what the Dallas Cowboys might want and Mike Zimmer's name floating around. Let's start with the Cowboys, Tom. What do you know about their approach post Jason Garrett?
2: Well, they certainly do not seem to be, uh, in any particular rush to begin the search in the post-Jason Garrett era. Uh, you know, part of what's unique with the Cowboys situation is their interview list is probably going to be drastically different than everyone else's interview list. In other words, you know, of the three jobs that are open right now, Mike McCarthy has interviewed for all of them. Josh McDaniels will interview for all of them. Eric enemy by, uh, tomorrow, I believe, will have interviewed for all of them. And that's really it. You've got a handful of kind of stray interviews with a few other candidates, but it's the same list. In Dallas, uh, they're going to be looking, I would certainly expect, based on everything I know, some college coaches, whether it be a Lincoln Rally who's been speculated about a lot, and they make a call on Urban Meyer, Dan Mullen at Florida, Coach Jack Prescott at Mississippi State. Could he end up getting brought in for an interview? And then you also have some of those wild cards, like you know the speculative Mike Zimmer trade, uh, which is based, you know, in part upon the fact that Jerry Jones is a huge fan of Mike Zimmer, has said in the past how much he'd love to have him, uh, coaching the Cowboys. Zimmer's got one year left on his contract with the Vikings. Uh, the Wilfs obviously felt compelled based on some of the speculation, based on all those things, to come out with a public show of support today. Uh, it really, I don't think anybody who is at all in tune with the situation thought that, this was going to be an everybody gets fired type of situation, regardless of what happens on Sunday. But certainly just there's some contractual things and some organizational things that, you have to look at here uh, and figure out whether it's contract extensions for everyone, whether it's, you know, you really let Zimmer coach out his contract, which he's done before. There's a, there's a lot of moving parts, but there's no question how much of an affinity the Wilts have for Zimmer as well as for Spielman. They'd like those two to be in place and even more so they'd love to get a win over the Saints on Sunday.
3: Tom, what good has a vote of confidence statement ever done for a football franchise, and how do you usually interpret that when we see what the Wills just did?
2: Well, think about it this way. If you don't do that today, then on Sunday morning is there a flurry of reports on every national uh, pregame show about Zimmer's future, about the Cowboys' potential, about all those other things that then would – color whether it's a you know an extended vikings playoff run where they're still playing or you know similar to last year are there all these different questions uh that have to be answered i mean if you remember back uh you know the vikings had that bad game against the bears in week 17 there had really been no conversation about mike zimmer's job status prior to that and then all of a sudden by that night there are bloggers and tv analysts saying that Zimmer maybe could be out. And it, it comes to the point that I'm up at 6 a.m. the next morning texting with Zimmer, and he was saying, hell no, I'm not quitting. I'm not walking away. You <laughs> know, It's just you do, you know, perhaps you cut some of that off. But, you know, if anything, just because there hadn't been that much speculation, I'm not so convinced that this doesn't spur now the thought yes. if the Vikings play poorly in New Orleans simply because you raised the subject that was not, You know, again, outside of a a couple stories written here and there and some speculation, I don't know that that was top of mind.
0: I think you're right. I think it fuels it because now you're going to say, and to me, this, Tom, comes off number one as basically the Vikings publicly saying to Dallas, hey, if you're going to come after our coach and feel free to call us back again, it's going to come at, let's say, a second-round pick and not a third-round pick.
2: I mean there's a lot of different things that could take place. All, all I know is that Jerry is going to swing big. Jerry is going to want to make a splash and get somebody who's going to make an instant impact, not a developmental coach, not a you know a guy who's a one-year coordinator and you're kind of betting on the come with him. No, he's going to want to get somebody who's going to step in and win with this group right now. Jerry doesn't wait around, want to wait around. That's part of the reason. You know, he said it a few weeks ago that part of the reason he wouldn't get rid of Jason Garrett was he thought that that would be them giving up on any hope this season. Now, we can debate the veracity of that statement, but in Jerry's mind, you know, this is about Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott and you know, probably Amari Cooper, depending on what happens with his contract. they got all that money in the offensive line. They've extended Jalen Smith. they extended to Marcus Lawrence. I mean, they've poured a lot of resources into trying to – win right now uh and so you know what takes place down there is going to be absolutely fascinating to watch and already he's outside the box in terms of at a time where everybody knows that his head coach is going to be out uh continuing to technically uh have the guy on staff tom
1: pelicero nfl network it's tom pelicero's nfl insights here on mackie and job with robbie don't forget vikings vent line right after viking saints on sunday watch the game anywhere Come talk about it with us here on Score North and the Score North app. So Kevin Stefanski got a bunch of uh, a bunch of interest last off season around this time, and speculation is his name is going to be in the mix again. What are the main qualities teams seem to like about Kevin Stefanski that puts him on this pedestal, Tom?
2: Well, there's a variety of things. One, you know, he's a very smart guy. He's pen educated. He speaks. Uh, you know, very intelligently. You feel like you're learning things when you talk to them. Also, if teams have done any homework, they'll know that Stefanski is really well-liked in the Vikings locker room. Players believe in him. Dalvin Cook has, has told me before that Stefanski is really bright with how he structures one play off another, which is kind of the foundation of the entire offense they're running is making the run and the pass look alike, knowing how you're setting up that play for later in the game, um, you know, by hitting your landmarks, by working certain plays, certain concepts off of others. Uh, and also, I mean, he's a, he's a young guy who you think has room to grow. He's coached virtually every position on offense. Uh, and there's a reason that from one staff to another, from Brad Childers to so Leslie Frazier to Mike Zimmer, uh, he's continued to move up the food chain. You know, uh, the Browns on the, you know, there's there were kind of these two factions a year ago where you had Paul DePodesta, the money ball guy, baseball guy. Uh, who runs their analytics department. He's certainly the chief strategy officer, but certainly as an analytic viewpoint on things. And then you had the John Dorsey football side of the operation. Uh, they had a very long interview list, in part because they were interviewing people from both of those worlds. Uh, and the way I've understood it is Dee Podesta and the analytics people wanted to hire Stefanski. They got him brought back in for a second interview, even though I think by the end of that day or the next day, they had named Freddie Kitchens the coach. You know, in that case, the football side of things one out, and the fact that the Browns want to talk to Stefanski again suggests that with D. running the search, uh, he's going to have a real shot this time.
3: Is that part of the reason why the Vikings, you think, maybe are thinking about moving on from Mike Zimmer, that they want to keep Kevin Stefanski in the building? If that means giving him the head coaching job, then it's just the end of Mike Zimmer.
2: You read the statement. They're not thinking of moving on from Mike Zimmer. That, that was the whole purpose of the statement. It's, just they're, it's they're in the
1: statement, Robbie.
3: It. My apologies, Tom. I forgot about the statement when I asked that question.
2: I would, I would also, I would also bring this up. Uh, Ziggy Wilf was at practice yesterday, and you know I've covered the Vikings for most of the past decade. I guess you know not solely doing it now or when I was a USA Today, but I, I've been around the team a lot. And, you know, Judd was around the team a lot for many years. I I can't remember seeing, you know, first of all, Ziggy and Mark Wilf are not helicopter owners. You know, they let the football people run football. You might see them a few times a year before critical games or at certain points in the season attending a practice. I had never in all my years seen Ziggy Wilf on the field at the start of practice during stretching, going and shaking hands, dapping up guys, saying hello. Uh, he came over and talked to me for like five minutes and, you know, I'm not going to say what he said, but like, he seemed to be in a very good mood, certainly has high expectations for the game on Sunday. This was not, you know, to the extent that anybody interpreted this, it that way, this was not the Grim Reaper, you know, coming through here and making people think that they were all about to, you know, to get it. This is, you know, they're, they're coming up on a big game. You know, they're, they're heading to New Orleans. This is a big moment for the Vikings with a team that has built, uh, you would hope, You know, for this moment, they got a veteran defense. They got a high-paid quarterback. They finally think about this for the first time since Week Six. They could have Dalvin Cook and Adam Thielen playing a full game at the same time. We haven't seen them at full strength on offense really since that Eagles game, which was one of their best performances of the year, and then the first quarter in Detroit until uh, Thielen skidded into that barricade and messed up his hamstring. I mean, I talked to Dalvin today. I talked to Thielen today. Those guys feel good. This is this is your shot. I know that you know. The, the money line on it is what it is. Zimmer talks about, you know, going on the road and not being included in the NFL hype video and all that, but this is a game that I think that the Vikings certainly believe that they are capable of winning here, and they expect to go to New Orleans and win.
0: How could you leave the Vikings out, Tom? You you work for this league. You know, all we I ask think here in... Got left
2: out too, okay, but... we're
0: all very upset about this. <laughs> we're all very very offended. I mean, we're... No respect here.
2: Um, Hey, so I, to, I can barely even get my preferred hotel, much less control the social media apparatus of the uh, $15 billion a year industry. Actually, they're very great with my hotels. I shouldn't say that. <laughs> you just ripped them. Uh, so from <laughs> from a standpoint of... It's <laughs> clear. Very happy with the travel arrangement <laughs> okay. policy. I just was trying to think of a joke. It came well, out immediately. I went, hopefully nobody heard that. What no, I, they're <laughs> fantastic. What I heard...
0: What I heard... Is is you're at motels? You're on the first floor. The door doesn't lock. Tom that leaves the light on. So <laughs> you're yeah, you're right. leaving the. You're you're jamming. You're jamming the chair against the door. I get all that. I understand it happens. Okay.
2: Uh, Quick. I'll, J- I'll be at the JW on Canal Street in New Orleans for this oh weekend. Boy. So oh I'm boy! I'm doing all right. Be, be careful there. Real uh, close to real close to Bourbon Street, mm. but we'll not have time.
0: Defensively, though, how are are the Vikings going? It was going to be tough before but how are they going to slow uh, Cook and Breeze and that group now without two potentially key cornerbacks playing? That was, I went from being optimistic that people were being too down on the Vikings for, for this game to seeing the injury report today, Tommy, and saying to myself, okay, now you're down to Waynes and Rhodes who have not had great years, and a guy who had played extremely well for you in the nickel throughout the course of this year is not going to play, and this now becomes a huge task defensively to contain the Saints.
2: Well, first of all, by and large, this is a really healthy team. Look at the Saints and the guys that they've lost this year with guys like Sheldon Rankins and Marcus Davenport. Look at the Eagles, now decimated they've been. The Vikings are are a really healthy team by NFL teams in uh, January standards. The biggest concern is that nickel cornerback spot because, you know, I talked to Xavier Rhodes yesterday and one thing he told me was that Mackenzie Alexander is really important because he directs traffic on a lot of their calls on the back end because he's the inside guy. And so, you know, depending exactly what type of defense they're running on the back end, he may be communicating up and down the line. Uh, then you take Mike Hughes out of the equation who can play inside as well as outside uh, because of his neck injury and he goes on injured reserve. You know, are we going to see a lot of J. Ron curse in the slot? Uh, I would expect that there's got to be another roster move just to fill out the roster and have enough uh, bodies on game day. Uh, and also don't forget this. You mentioned, you know, Jared Cook and Drew Brees. Michael Thomas plays about 30% of his snaps in the slot. He had 53 catches from the slot this season. If I'm Sean Payton reading that injury report and seeing the roster move today, I'm thinking that 30% might be more like 40, 50, 60% in this game, you know, making Xavier Rhodes have to follow you inside or whatever it might be, you know, challenge the Vikings and let Thomas work the middle of the field. That's that's the biggest issue that they have, no question uh going into this game. They gotta block a really good pass rush. They gotta try to get the run game going against a really good run defense, but defensively not letting themselves get killed in the middle of the field just because of the personnel, uh that's that's gonna be the challenge.
1: That is Tom Pelissero, NFL network, NFL insider. We appreciate uh all the knowledge and the expertise and, and I think this is probably the most fun forty eight to seventy two hour period that we've looked forward to for many reasons all season. So we'll see what shakes out when we talk to you next week, Tom.
2: I will be on TV nonstop from the Superdome, by the way, including I think seven and a half hours tomorrow from the completely empty stadium. Always slightly strange doing that, but then up again on uh, Sunday morning. It'll be fun. Right on, man.
0: All right, see you, Tom. No drinking time, though. That's the problem. Thanks, (laughs) Tom.
2: Real bummer. Bye.
0: Oh, man. Nothing but a, I love nothing but a pro. Best. Pro's pro. He's great. <laughs> I like how he ripped the hotels and thought better. <laughs> I <got> backtracked. <laughs> I couldn't help myself.
1: Walk it back, corporate man. Walk, <laughs> walk it back. <laughs> oh, oh, man. The, but the other thing, like, what we were originally going to lead our show with today until Mark Wilf dropped the statement right before we took the microphones. I mean, Mike Hughes and Mackenzie Alexander out. Mackenzie Alexander out for this game, and then we'll see what happens if the Vikings beat the Saints. Mike Hughes was placed on injured reserve today, and uh, Marcus Sherrills was signed for the ninth time this season by the Vikings to return punts, and maybe even, I don't know, if he gets in as a cornerback at some point. But to me, there's one path for the Vikings to win this game now. If you, if you had any thoughts that a Mike Zimmer magical defensive game plan is going to hold the Saints under 20 points, I mean, I would be floored if that happened now with the majority of your secondary out it's Kirk Cousins outdueling Drew Brees now yeah. to me.
3: Yesterday you right? asked us the magic number for the defense, and I said somewhere between 20 and 24. I thought about it, that a little bit since, and I raised the number to like 24 to 27. With that news of Hughes and Alexander both being out, it's probably north of 27. We're probably talking about the Vikings needing to score at least 30, probably more points to win this football game on Sunday.
0: Right?
1: Yeah. I'm. You're it talk- might be 40. It honestly might be 40. Well,
0: Here's a scary thing. Colin told me he now thinks the game plan for sure and I think he alluded to this previously, but now with the news that we got today, he thinks the game plan for sure is going to be that Rhodes follows Michael Thomas the entire game.
1: So he The Saints would probably welcome that. No
0: yeah, you think?
1: So But I don't know what else you do if you're the Vikings.
0: I don't know what else you do, but I'm now saying the Vikings are going to probably have to score, yeah, 44 points or something. Today on Score North
3: Live, I've never experienced the shift in one segment that I experienced doing that show with Judd Zolgad today. He went from opening the segment with giving the vikings a real chance to win this football game to i believe you said the ship is sinking not shortly
0: after we heard i the- said pj <laughs> rode the boat and this ship is sinking
1: <laughs> i did I, I can't i have but, to feel that okay, way okay but could i mean let me let me paint this picture cuz i mean to me it is going to be on the offense now it just is like you're not going to be able to you're not going to be able to hold that passing attack in that stadium to like 17 points or 21 points. You're going to have to score. Rami says 30. I think it's going to have to be north of 34, 35 points. I'm saying for this game. And I think they can, I think they can, I think they can score 30 plus points provided Dalvin cook is going to actually play and be a meaningful contributor. If I knew that Dalvin cook was 80% or better. And and we really, we don't know if I knew that Adam Thielen was going to be 80% or better. And they've got Stefan Diggs and they've got tight end weapons. I would say they can go toe-to-toe offensively with this team, and then we'll just see. I'm not saying they're guaranteed to, but um, we just don't know enough about the health of two of their key skill position players.
0: Is Kirk Cousins incredibly uptight because of all the things that have gone wrong and the pressure of this game, or is he incredibly loose because they feel that, that they're such underdogs in this game that there's no pressure?
1: I don't think we've ever seen him loose in a game like this. In yeah, th- I was just going to say, Kirk th- Cousins feels pressure. In theory, he should feel a little bit less, right? Hey, there, you guys are eight-point underdogs. Well, yeah. No one expects you to and go in there and win. We've lost too much. Yep, you got injured pieces up front. In fact, that's what you should be telling yourself, and that's what the message should be from Mike Zimmer to the team. And he did go down that path early in the week when he said, "No one's given us a chance." And I hate that cliched speech. I mean, yeah. that's just such an overplayed motivational tactic. But I almost feel like, for you to get Kirk Cousins to feel totally at ease and calm. He has to go in there just thinking, dude, it's all house money. All of it's house money. It doesn't matter. You're going to You're gonna get smoked. Just go out there like it's garbage time and throw for 200 yards in the first
0: half. Don't you think you would take a different mentality from a head coach for him to feel that way, though? Those sound bites that we played from Mike today, and, and I get he's talking to us, but those sound bites didn't sound like a coach who was like, ah, you know what? We're fine. They sounded like a coach who was, and I think Mike gets incredibly up, uptight himself. So, and... Perhaps Stefanski and Kubiak can try and offset that with Kirk, but if your boss gets incredibly uptight, it's probably going to make you
1: uptight as well. I wonder if Mike Zimmer and Ron Gardenhire have a couple of parallels to him, because when I used to cover those Twins teams from like 2010 through uh, 2013, I had a couple people, and, and Gardenhire was a great manager for about a decade. He was he was a winning manager, and he pushed a lot of the right buttons during an era where the Twins were very successful and the biggest complaint I would hear from players and from a couple of coaches even was, Hey, we love, it was always like, we love, everything's great. We love Gardy. If there's one thing, he tends to make people a little bit nervous when the Yankees are on the schedule in October mm-hmm. that he sort of feels the weight of the Yankees. He feels the pressure of the postseason losses mounting and the twins always hitting the same glass ceiling. And it's, his uptight nature that sort of rubs off on the rest of the team. Now, if they had more of a loosey goosey manager, a Rocco Baldelli who you yeah, show up to the ballpark whenever you want. You know, here's some weed. No, he doesn't do that. But like <laughs> would they have would they have beat the Yankees Dude, in two thousand nine or 2010? I got my fish C D in here. What's going on? <laughs> I mean, would they have would they have beat the Yankees in two thousand nine or two thousand ten with a more loosey goosey manager? I don't know. But I think if you're if you're supposed to level up and beat a team you're you're not favored to beat in an environment that's tough to win in, it does make it a lot harder when everyone's uptight. Well, and Cousins so, per- and Kirk's personality to me does not seem to be the
0: type of guy who can relax. Like he's he strikes me as an uptight guy, and so employees like that need what the guy above them to be like, dude, it's going to be fine. Calm down, and that doesn't make them absolutely. Well, maybe fine. the answer
3: is what Phil just said. Weed? Maybe you just... We, yeah. A little of the sticky icky. <laughs> hey, Kirk. <laughs> Imagine Kirk Cousins coming out of the lot, like, out of the tunnel, <laughs> just bloody-eyed, <laughs> stare like, looking around, like, so what's happening
0: to you today, guys? And he's just doing that dance, that touchdown dance that he had, are just we the playing a, Are we playing on. a football game? All right. Instead of an iPad, he goes and gets a bong. <laughs> <laughs> It's a bag of chips.
1: He's he's eating Cheetos on the sidelines. (laughs) Comes
0: off the field, goes to Sugarman, you got those Funyuns, man? Cousins Cousins appears to be eating a box of Captain (laughs) Crunch. What's going on? Vikings up by 21.
3: Instead of the tablet, he's just reading
1: the back of the cereal box on the sideline.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> what, what do you think Kirk Cousins' go-to munchie would be?
3: Hmm, That's a good question, because he has some weird eating habits from what I've seen on his grill. The mystery meat on yeah, the grill? He's, he's probably a beef jerky guy. N- nice lean, oh. nice lean protein that still satisfies all the cravings. Like the I, jerky sticks or the traditional flat, flat no, beef jerky. No, like a real beef jerky. Kirk Cousins ain't eating a Slim Jim. Even if he's stoned, Kirk Cousins ain't <laughs> eating a Slim Jim. The real stuff. His body is a temple. Yes. Do yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Slim Jim,
2: yeah. Oh.
3: <laughs> Possibly potato chips. Yeah. Those are gluten-free. <laughs> <You think laughs> <It's okay. laughs>
1: I think kale chips are probably more probably than kale the, chips, the, the yeah. munchy uh choice for Kirk Cousins. Uh the kale chips. Oh man. So well um I don't I don't when I when I when I think to myself, hey, if you're gonna beat the Saints, the game plan has to be Kirk Cousins out dueling Drew Brees, I think good luck. But this is his chance. Everything's in front of him. This is it. Like this is this is your chance to shut everybody up, to stuff it right down everyone's throats that's been criticizing you, all of us. When's the last Vikings game
0: that you are especially playoff to and I'm not talking about Super Bowl expectation, okay? I'm just talking about a playoff game. When's the last Vikings playoff game that you were this eager to arrive, win or lose, because the fallout either way
1: is going to be so interesting to watch? Oh, my God. Because if they win, all of a sudden... The door is open for, oh, my God, they've they've reached a new level. Kirk has reached a new level. And your path. They can beat anybody. And your path, actually, if you win, which I don't think they will, but if they do, it gets easier. Yeah. If they win, Super Bowl is on the table. Championship is on the table. Not on favored, table. but, like, yeah. it's on the table. Yeah. If they lose, coach getting fired is on the table. Or traded, which is even more delicious to me. I mean, Monday. Cousins. I, I look forward no more extension. to Monday than Sunday, almost, to be honest with you. Right. Me. If they lose,
0: Cousins, no extension. Spielman might get a one-year extension. The head coach might be traded. Defensively, guys aren't back.
1: Mike Zimmer's also the, the type of guy... The defensive staff
0: might not be back.
1: If Zimmer was given just a one-year extension, don't you think he's the type of guy that would say, bleep you? Well, he already got one and took it, so yes. If, but would if he
0: do he got it again? One more, not, not if he's been talking to Jerry.
1: Oh my gosh, this is... So
0: amazing. I don't buy for one second that Mike's <laughs> not aware of what's going on with this cuz he knows Jerry. Yeah. And Jerry tampers. Jerry can't help himself. There's no way that Jerry <laughs> hasn't been, called him,
1: been texting Mike the entire time.
0: My guess is that Jerry floated this by Mike at some point and Mike said, "Sure, let's see how things go." And then it started to go a bit sideways, and so Mike's Mike's involved enough to know the play by play what's going on. Yeah. That's my guess. Oh, you think he's
3: involved? You think Mike Zimmer's involved in this? Oh, I think he knows about it. He's sure. part of He's with Jerry. his way to Dallas.
0: He's friends with Jerry. Sure. Because yeah. mm-hmm. this isn't like a coup. This is a, hey, it didn't go gr- great here. The whole thing of Garrett dragging on makes a lot more sense with this in the background. Al asks a great, great question. How about, think of how much Pizza Ranch could eat. Well, oh, <laughs> oh, with his buddy. He and his buddy. Dude. Yes.
3: You could do some serious damage at Pizza Ranch. For that buffet, although yeah.
0: although you know what the problem with Kirk being high and trying to eat at Pizza Ranch would be, <laughs> Kirk doesn't. Stri- Kirk strikes me as the type of guy who can't have two foods touching. He that's part of yeah. that's
3: one of the commercials where he's talking about like how all
0: right. his plate is. But does, you're right. But like, because if you were if you were stone and you
1: got stuff on that plate, but but I, don't know, get, I don't get people like that, man. I'm like put all the foods together. I'm kind and, of like that. I've i put them on top of, the, of each other. I've, I've gotten, gotten better. The same place. I've gotten it's better. better.
3: But exactly. I, I'm, I'm still kind of like. Really? That. Wait, are yeah. you like?
1: Wait, are you when you have a burger and fries? Are you eat one entirely and
3: then the other guy? No, I am. I have a system, guy. So I'm going to go around the plate. I'm going to have a like a clock. Uh, Why am clock, I not what? surprised a clock by Clockwise rotation. So I'll go like. I'm so not surprised. Veggie,
1: carb, meat, veggie, carb, meat, veggie, carb. You're meat. You're
0: making eating way too complicated, man. Wait, there's people that eat all of one first. <laughs> yeah,
1: dude. Have yeah. you ever seen people who eat there the is. fries first and then the burger, or the burger first and then the fries, and they yeah. don't? They don't go back and forth? No, I go those back people, and those forth. Those people are heathens, I go and they around. Yes. Are not to be trusted. I go
3: around, and I have I have a plan it's of enough. attack. Yeah,
0: I don't know which one's worse, having a plan of attack or doing one at a time. By the way, it's Kirk says
3: weird. in the latest Pizza Ranch commercial, they will put, if you don't see the pizza you want on the buffet line, you can request really? yes. a yes, specialty pizza. So really? imagine, hi, Kirk, confirm. at Pizza Ranch, close asking the- for a specialty I pizza. Know
0: where's the closest one put some gummy bears on it man throw well, some oreos that. on there. oreos and tater tots <laughs> oh why can't foods touch though who cares if foods touch? <laughs> <laughs> can confirm you can request your own pizza used to work there
1: wow whoa <laughs> you used to work at <laughs> pizza Ranch. Yes. Oh, I'm just, just gonna drop that bomb now <laughs> i said i was
0: talking but yes i was i used to work at pizza ranch what yes. which one the one in new prague
1: still there can that, you, that might be the closest one to us. Let's let's do a show meeting there. For sure. 100%. <laughs> not really going Show drive me. down there. Let's, let's do a, show, do a there. show there. Actually yeah. yeah. Let's do a show there. Yes. Can we? Yeah, yes. Let's set, set up be the greatest honestly, work
3: drive for me ever. If okay, you can put in a phone place, call,
1: we'll uh, we'll do a show from the <laughs> set pizza up our ranch equipment
3: at the buffet table.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you guys are saying this is like a joke. This sounds like the greatest work drive for me ever. It's going to happen. <laughs> Kirk Cousins joins us now. <laughs> Gentlemen, are you
1: uh, you guys ready for this next segment here? I don't know. The, no, clearly not. Hot. I genuinely don't know if I am or not. When we come back, write that down. And by the way, this will be the final Friday edition of Write That Down. We're going to change the day and the time of it, so also stay tuned for that. Ooh. When we come back, the most controversial edition of Write That Down in the history. We have tallied up almost it's gonna all of them. going to be streamed? We're hoping to video stream it. We're hoping to video stream it, I want it, people yes. to
0: see the dissension, chaos. Yes.
1: Uh, So we'll come back with that after we talk about my favorite car dealership. That would be Luther Brookdale Toyota, 694 Brooklyn Boulevard. And I just love how, oh, I love a million things about it. The safety features. uh, I love the fact that my RAV4 drives and handles like a Camry or a Corolla, but it's got the four-wheel drive and the spaciousness of uh, an SUV. That's why it's one of the most popular SUVs in the world. It's got the Apple CarPlay on the uh, middle console, which makes my car feel like a smartphone I have full connectivity to all the different audio apps on my phone. I was listening to a Tim Ferriss podcast on the way in. I was listening to Score North Live. I'm driving around earlier today on the Score North app with Rami Makhlouf, who we appreciate that we fully expect, Rami, to be leading our Noon to Two show. Can you stop next reminding year me? year and beyond. Can you stop reminding me how confident you are in my job? <laughs> so Luther Brookdale Toyota is on the corner of 694 in Brooklyn Boulevard. Go check out. All kinds of new 2020 models. You can also snoop around their website, lutherbrookdaletoyota.com. It's where my family and I have been going for 30-plus years. Write That Down, the most controversial episode ever of Write That Down. Next.